This is Jeff Chrisman, and I'm here at the Art Hall today visiting with Christian Pearson, the CEO and founder of OK Sessions. Christian, thanks so much for taking the time today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I thought what we might do to get started is to ask you to uh, maybe share a little bit with us about uh, what OK Sessions does, just for listeners who may not be familiar yet. No doubt. So, OK Sessions, we call it a media and tech startup for music, so a music media and tech company. It gets a little tricky explaining exactly what we do because what we do, we hope, will change over the next few years. We want to explore ways to make live music, especially on the local level, um, to just change the values around it that add value to the whole equation for, for people, for artists, for the music itself. And I think that in three to five years, we will be using technology to do that in some way. But until then, maybe in the next one to three years, we're primarily focusing on media and communication. That sounds really jargony. A simpler way is, right now we're trying to build culture by telling people where music's happening, getting excited about it, and creating opportunities for, for musicians and just artists in the scene to tell the story of what's going on here in Oklahoma City. And then as far as your, uh, the various events, I thought maybe to ask you to maybe talk a little bit about you know, the various events that you have going on a regular basis. Absolutely. So right now we, we organize a couple of events. Uh, we create content from those events, which is creative things like photography, videography, blog posts. And then we try to get those things that we create out to everybody so that more people can come participate. The two events that we're known for right now are Saint Sessions, which I actually started, uh, I guess, a year and a half ago at Saints in the Plaza. That was before OK Sessions was a twinkle in the new one's eye. I just live in the Plaza District, and I wanted to have a jam session with my friends, so we had one. And once we started it, uh, it was really cool, and the Plaza District was really hip to the music we were playing. Uh, we have just a massive pool of really high-caliber high jazz musicians in OKC, and, uh, and it kind of took off when we brought in other collaborators, other creatives that did photography, videography, and, and media in general. That was kind of the thing that inspired, wow, people, you know, people know that this, this is happening, and we're excited about it. People come out and they participate in a real, genuine, authentic way with the music the way it's supposed to be participated in. So that's Saints Sessions. It's a jazz session now. It happens every Thursday at Saints. And the other event we do is Deep Deuce Sessions. Deep Deuce Sessions, we call it a live monthly music art walk in the Deep Deuce District of downtown OKC. And it's a totally different format. It's more like a miniature music festival that we do on a monthly basis. So every last Saturday, we just try to fill the streets of Deep Deuce with music. Tons of different stages, different genres of music. I mean, we'll have jazz, but we'll also have hip-hop, rock and roll, indie, alternative, R&B, some gospel music. I mean, we just go and try to curate a really diverse lineup so that people who aren't in the music scene right now can come out, have an incredible night of free music, and interface with all of these artists, and connect with their music and just really great community. That event is meant to show what happens when everybody, not just in the music scene, but just in Oklahoma City, including businesses and sponsors and, 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 and just people, see what it, ha what it can look like when we all come together and just participate in that way. And uh, so far, it's, it's been really awesome. I think it's worked because we just, I mean, we had one just last Saturday. And, I mean, it was 
it was perfect. It was amazing. There were just tons of people and amazing music and everybody. There was just such a sense of community there that, uh, you know, it seemed super just organic and real. And uh, so I think that's a testament to probably our creative scene. Oh, yeah. And then as far as the deep do sessions, just for people to kind of visualize is, if I understand correctly, is this, do you have different genres of music going at different, you know, different venues, kind of within a fairly tight area there in the Deep Deuce, in the Deep Deuce area? That's exactly right. So Deep Deuce, as a district, a couple things about Deep Deuce, it is one of the few really walkable parts of Oklahoma City. It's beautiful, it's really easy to get from A to B. It has an amazing music history, and uh, you could probably do a whole podcast on that. If you are not familiar with Deep Deuce's music history, you should go. You should go check it out and, and learn about it and, and kind of how people who, uh, when it was sort of the affluent black community in Oklahoma City, some of the artists that that grew up in that district and then changed music everywhere, uh, went out and you know people like Charlie Christian. Um, it's got an amazing amazing history and that, and that uh, inevitably affects everything that happens there now because. It was a big deal. Well, nowadays, there's a bunch of different types of venues. They're all close together. So from 7 to 10, we, we put different stages with different types of music. You know, some of them will be big outdoor stages. Some of them are intimate little lounges. Sometimes it's a coffee shop. And there's different types of music. We try to kind of match the music to the venue and the vibe. But it's all so close together. Uh, in this three-hour period, you could just walk from one to the other and, uh, and see it all. We even... Uh, put a table at each venue and, and we have these little game cards we hand out that have, uh, you can get your, your cards stamped at each location and if you get each card stamped then, then you get a prize for visiting each stage. That's a way for us to encourage people to, to just check out new artists. It's like, it's kind of like your kids trying food. You, you don't have to like everything on your plate, but you got to try it all, you know? Oh, yeah. If you just came here for, for you know, the hip-hop, you got to go check out the jazz. If you just came here for the rock, you've got to go uh, check out the singer-songwriters that are playing across the way, you know? So uh, we, just try, we just want the public to go get familiar with the musicians we have here because our music scene is awesome, and we just want to invite more people to be a part of it. Yeah, and I'm just thinking an opportunity to be able to literally just walk from one place, you know, very easily to walk from one place to another and even sample some of these different things that maybe aren't necessarily, you know, my, maybe it's not, I'm not sure if it's my cup of tea or not, but to be able just to experience that and do that all in one night is, uh, yeah, that's very unique. I am passionate about music for a lot of reasons, and one reason is that music is about listening. Like, that's what you do when you go, is you listen, and I think that kind of in a more general sense, that's what our world needs is not forming opinions, not saying, oh, this band is good or bad, just listen. And that's what we need to do with each other. And so I like the idea of creating just a platform where people can, can express, can, whether it's an idea or whether it's just a song, and the audience can come out and just experience it. And it's like, even if you're like, I, you know, I don't know, I hate smooth jazz, well, just go listen to, some, listen to one song. And what you find is sometimes... It's the green eggs and ham thing. People are like, actually, that was really cool. Especially now that I heard it live, it's totally different than when I heard it in my dentist's office. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and maybe they don't. Maybe they, like, I don't really care to, like, change anyone's minds or opinion. It's about music or anything like that. But um, I just think it's important to not get stuck in your bubble and to be really open to hearing new things. And hearing new things in a way where you're truly listening. You're not listening to respond, but you're listening just to listen. And I think that's something that music does that is really valuable for for society, you know, for people. Oh, absolutely. And then kind of looking a little bit too, I know we were talking a little bit before the interview about uh, Amplify, and I thought maybe what we would do is maybe hear a little bit about what, you know, how you're helping as far as, you know, the uh, uh, you know musicians in the community. And 
Absolutely. So outside of the events that we're putting on or media that we're creating, we're trying, we've been interviewing a lot of artists, we've been traveling to a lot of music cities and trying to figure out if there's something we could do differently that would improve the whole experience. And that goes for artists, it goes for venues, it goes for audiences and bands, and it goes just for cities in general, like what would create prosperity from, from music. Before I talk about Amplify, I think like this idea is really important. A, a while back in Oklahoma City, let's say 10 years ago, I never would have taken a yellow cab in Oklahoma City. Hmm. It's just not something that I would have done. Uh, I would have, if I, you know, if I needed a ride and I didn't have my car for some reason, I probably would have uh, called a friend or something like that. I just would have found some other way to do it. It wasn't part of my routine. And now... In this day, I take Uber all over the place. Hmm. It's not just in Oklahoma City, but it's everywhere. And when I think about why that is, uh, and I'm sure this isn't true for everybody, but taking a yellow cab back in the day, there was so much friction to that. I had to go find a phone number to, for the whatever dispatch to get the cab there. Oh, and yeah. the cab showed up. You know, like I, I didn't know how far away it was. You know, if it was going to be there in five minutes or thirty minutes, and that could affect. You know, if I was going to the airport, that could be a, a big deal. The cab pulls up, and uh, honestly, like I've been in some yellow cabs that aren't the cleanest. Maybe it's kind of an awkward experience. I know that some people sometimes have didn't feel safe, or more common, you uh, you're wondering if the cab driver's ripping you off, trying to get your up, especially if you're in a new city. Uh, you you wonder about tipping, all of those little things, and some of them bigger are bigger than others, but they're all just add friction. And the reality is when there's just a little bit of friction, less people participate, less people want to pay for stuff, less people just want to do it because just little, the little things, they all add up. Then Uber comes along and cabs are clean. Like, <laughs> I, I was at South by Southwest and this guy was wearing a suit and like opened up the back of his Escalade to load in my music wow. equipment for me. And he's like, and you know, you get in the back seat. All the time, they're like, hey, I've got waters and some Orbit gum. Because those people want their review, right? And I know they're not ripping me off because Uber handles all of that. It's pre-calculated. I know when my cab's going to arrive. And all of that, I'm still just taking cab to get from A to B. But I am so much more likely to do that now, to participate in that now. To pay, and paying for it feels like nothing. I think it's cheaper. It's an opportunity for all these other people in the community to earn part-time living. Some people do it full-time. So it's a great opportunity for the drivers themselves. And overall, like it has reduced so much friction, it has created so much trust, and just improved that experience in a way that that economy is bigger than it's ever been. There's yeah. more people using it now than there ever were. So, in recorded music, you look at the, you know we used to have back you know we used to have uh, eight tracks, we used to have uh, records, but back before that it was you know piano rolls were the best example of recorded music. And over the past century, that industry has just been turned on its head multiple times, all the way you know. From records to CDs to uh, uh, whatever comes next, uh, uh, the piracy era, then the streaming. <laughs> so like now, you know, everything's streamed, you know, after iTunes uh, did the whole app store, the, the, the iTunes store. So that industry's been turned on its head multiple times, but live music is still pretty much done the exact same way despite all this new technology we have, right? Mm. And even simple questions like, uh, you know, why do we have music in bars? You know, from my experience, half the time when people are in bars, they're not there for the music. They're 
there to drink and get laid. That's what my experience. <laughs> and, exactly. and there are some people there for music, but you get end up with a mixed crowd that, you know, like some people aren't, the music is almost a nuisance to them. And then the band, you know, is having to deal with a crowd that some of them are into it, some of them aren't. And I, I kind of, I'm just like, why, why do we even, why do we even do it here? And I think, you know, probably in the seventies, just for example, if you wanted to put on a show at a, at a and get people there, you, you couldn't give them directions from wherever they were. You had to just pick a really common location that everybody knows where it is, like a social hub, like a bar. Hmm. Put it on a poster, slap it up in a coffee shop, put a print in the, in the local magazine or newspaper, and that's how people would know where it was. Hey, 7 o'clock, we're going to be at so-and-so's pub on the corner of this and that. Well, nowadays, we've got Google Maps APIs and just like you know the, the Uber situation, there's probably a way that we could get people to shows, let them know where it's happening, and get an audience full of people who are there for that particular experience, whether that's an EDM concert or a jazz club or, um, or a small rock show, whatever. I think there's probably a way where you can just distill down and, and very easily, very frictionlessly get people there, help the, audience, the artists have a better experience, and as in the case with Uber, increase the amount of money in that whole economy, which I think will be better for artists. And when they have, I know that when artists have a little more money and a little more and a more attentive audience, they are able to create better art. It's like the artists around here that I know are making maybe $10,000 a year doing what they're doing. And it's, you know, really like a hobby that they, they, they try really hard at, but they have to have some other jobs. So it's just part time. When that artist goes to making $60,000 a year doing their music and they can just focus on doing that, they start creating a lot more and it's a lot better and I wanna see I wanna see what the artist makes when he has a sustainable wage, right? Like oh, yeah. that's the art that I would be really excited to see in the future, you know? Um, and that's just a not really rea- reality for a lot of musicians. It's 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 hard to make a living. So I just think there's a way to remove friction and I don't know exactly what it is. We have a lot of ideas. We have a million we just destroyed our whiteboards in our office trying, you know, coming up with ideas, right? Like oh, wow. you could have an app that does this or that, or you know, maybe the problem is people, you know, don't have this or bands don't have that. All this brings me to amplify. Amplify is the way that we're going to work through some of this stuff as a community. And again, at the beginning, it's going to involve creating media, you know, creating ways for people to uh, tell the story of the other artists around them in a way that's engaging and gets people involved. But what we're hoping to, to glean from all of that is, is some ideas about how to create a, a better, um, maybe just changing one thing about how everything's done that, that adds value. Maybe it's changing two things, but I don't want I don't want those technology solutions, if that's what they are, or those changing convention or changing culture to just be my opinion or, you know, it would be cool if you had an app that did this or an app that did that. But really just saying, wow, we try we, we tried this with a group of people and they were excited about it and it worked. And mm. now how can we build that into something that could be replicated in other cities potentially? Because Oklahoma City is not the only city that couldn't stand to have a bigger music economy. When I get on blogs and stuff, I hear all types of artists, you know, this town, you know, they don't appreciate music. They don't, you know, like Mm. they, you know, people, I can tell people out there are frustrated. Artists are frustrated that they can't find the right audience or they can't make a living, you know, at something that they put so much time to and and are genuinely great at. And uh, I think that, that if we could figure that out here in Oklahoma City, well, for one, it'll make Oklahoma City awesome. This amazing music scene that we have would, would be more accessible to other people, be more inclusive to the people in Oklahoma City who maybe don't feel that they're part of the music scene right now. And we could potentially do something that really helps 
artists and audiences and people and culture in other cities and maybe everywhere in the world. Who knows? Let's dream big. So, oh yeah, uh, Amplify is our is kind of our first core group where we're encouraging specific. Uh, endeavors together, challenges, uh, meetups, networking opportunities where we exchange ideas and, and take actionable steps to trying out some of these new concepts on how we could do things, you know, whether that's the Uber of live music or community-driven content, like where people are writing about people, making podcasts, you know, for each other and creating some ways to, to, to make all that appreciable to content creators. Um, there's a lot of ideas there, like, like dozens and dozens, but uh, we're just going to try them out learn uh, along the way. Anybody who participates in that, I think that they're going to see their careers grow as musicians or content creators or, you know, whatever they do in the music industry. I think that we're all going to work together and, and create really cool stuff, further each other's careers, and hopefully figure out something really great along the way. Oh, yeah. And I was in, you were mentioning, we were, we were talking before this, as far as like specific challenges. So are these, are these ways to allow, you know, to uh, allow musicians to maybe take a look at how they're, you know, how you know how they're making themselves visible and how they're making themselves known in, in the community. And absolutely, the first thing someone does when they join Amplify is fill out a form that just takes a, a snapshot, sort of a dashboard of of the stuff about your music career that you can measure. And you could do this if you were a venue or a promoter. It's stuff like tracking your social media followings, how many accounts you have on YouTube, on Spotify, how big your email list is, some of these basic marketing components that really maybe don't have too much to do with the music, but they're the stuff that surrounds the music and, and allows you to invite people into what you're doing. Um, anybody who's a musician trying to kind of do music professionally, you know, they are running a business. You're always a music industry entrepreneur if you're a band or you're a promoter. And you have to have a basic dashboard of some metrics if you're any businessman, right? You, you, you've got to just have some information about where you are. Are you taking steps forward? Or are you taking steps backwards? So um, we're trying to make that a little bit easier. So that would be like one of the first things. Uh, take a snapshot of, of where you are on all of that. And we kind of have a form. We help people keep track of it. And then we give them some actionable steps that really probably the biggest heart of, of all of the challenges we send out are basically do something for somebody else. Mm. You know, we have this thing called the 80-20 rule where we say 80% of the time you're going to work on your career but spend 20% of your time uh, contributing to somebody else's. And what you'll find is if everybody does this, we firmly believe at, at the basic level that those metrics we're tracking are going to increase. You're going to have more followers. You're going to have more engagement. You're going to have more people watching your video, more people listening to your song. Not because you're posting about your own song, but because everybody's posting about each other's. And if that sounds idealistic, let me tell you why it's not. It's actually extremely pragmatic. All of the algorithms that drive digital content, whether that's social media algorithms or search engine optimization, which is kind of what runs Google and things like that, they are built to identify genuine recommendations and they prioritize those over sales. That sounds a little technical, let me explain. If I'm posting all the time, come to my show, buy my ticket, listen to my song, the way that the traffic flows around that and just the content that's there, Google is going to see that that's me trying to get people to buy something from me, and that is not as sexy to a search engine as something like, here are the top three bands that I love to listen to. I think they're incredible, and I want you to go check them out. Interesting. That is the content that gets rewarded. 
and I can make this real for you right now. If you go to buy a digital camera, do you go to a company that sells their digital camera and go read about how good it is and then purchase it? Or do you, you know, search for something like best digital cameras and then uh, find a review that says these are the top 10 digital cameras of 2018, right? You don't go to Sony to get your recommendation on which digital camera to buy. You go to a third, third party that is giving you a genuine recommendation, a genuine review of the things around them. They're sharing information. Maybe they're sharing enthusiasm about their best. Their, Man, this camera's awesome. Look, this company makes one. Their competitor makes this other one that's similar. It has a few different features, but here's why we really like this one. It's just a genuine, honest recommendation. That's what everybody wants, right? Like, oh, yeah. You want just, just someone to genuinely uh, express... Uh, an opinion, an expert opinion, uh, or or some analysis about the stuff around you, and just genuinely share information without expecting anything in return. Anytime you have a group of web pages, social media pages, uh, just people online that are visibly doing that, Google's little web crawling robots, they see all those connections and they say, hey, this is something that's relevant that people use. It, it looks like something good and we're going to push it up and more people are going to see it and more people are going to interact with it. And the actual experience of being on the web page, you get to crawl from one thing and actually see a community of real people that know each other and are talking and excited about what other people are doing and collaborating. And even if you don't like music, that's awesome. And people want to be a part of that, right? Oh, yeah. Most people like music. So that is some, that is some of just the guiding foundational stuff. And uh, I mean, I could go into detail about all these like little specific tasks and stuff. That would probably be a little boring. I think that if anybody's interested in either you know having a career as a musician, as a promoter, as a music manager, as a venue, or as a content creator, maybe if you want to write, if you want to make posters, if you want to uh, uh, write reviews or make a podcast uh, or video or photography, whatever, you should join Amplify and just see if it's right for you. We'll start sending you emails. We'll start getting you on board with those challenges, and you'll see people participate. As people create content from Amplify, and it's not always creating content, but when they do, we try to take that content, we publish it to our site, we try to get it featured on other sites around Oklahoma City, like other media sources, and then we spotlight people from the community that, that we think have done particularly extra. We kind of like just give them some recognition, and that recognition is fun. I mean, mainly like all this is like a fun community collaborative thing. But it also has a really practical purpose of like if you're a band and you make some awesome content for other people, then we're going to spotlight you. And, and, oh, yeah. and our channels, like we'll use our, what resources we have to, uh, again, share our enthusiasm about you, you know, and, and it'll be genuine because we think you're really doing good stuff. Um, it, all in all, that, all this technical stuff that sort of drives traffic online, it's really just, it's built that way to match the reality that we like when people are being genuine and we like when people are connected and we like when there's a sense of community. So that's what Amplify is about. That's what All of OK Sessions is about. It just so happens that it also is exactly what you need to do in a pragmatic way to, uh, to get the word out about something, to communicate about something that's happening, like a great concert or a great band or maybe an entire city that's you know, creating this interesting music economy in, in an impactful way. So that's Amplify, and that's also kind of the, the core spirit of, of OK Sessions and what we believe in and what we're trying to do. 
Absolutely. This resonates with me so much because I love when you were, you were talking about, you know, as far as the opaqueness of if you're trying, and, I, and, I, and this really resonates with me because I actually had this experience. I moved here a little over two years ago. I've been a huge jazz fan since I was a small child, and I literally could not find any information about jazz gigs anywhere. Maybe, you know, it may have been me, but as soon as I found out about, you know, what you're doing, I, you know, within less than a week, I'm at Saint Sessions last Thursday night. And, you know, there, it's like, it just, it's, it's amazing. I mean, this really does. I mean, it really does. I mean, from my standpoint, I mean, I experienced this, what you're talking about, that feeling like I was on this dry, uh, in this dry desert. You know, I, I'd begun to really think that there wasn't any jazz here at all. So this is just one person's example. Totally. And that, I'm, for people in, in the situation that you were in, all I want there to be, and whether we create it or somebody in the scene creates it and maybe we help them get it out there, I just want there to be an invitation to everybody. I'm not, I love jazz so much, it hurts. I'm not out there trying to say, hey, you need to like jazz because it's so great. What I want to be is like, I love this, I would love for you to experience it, you're invited. Here's the information. I want to make it as easy as possible for you to come and participate. And, uh, and I think that's what you said is, is so spot on. People begin to feel like there's no jazz here. What I've been looking at for years, I've been in the music scene kind of more as a musician for 10 years. I hear musicians frustrated that there don't seem to be an audience for them or that people don't appreciate the music that they play. And I hear audience say, man, there's just no musicians here. There's just no music. And I, both of those things are so untrue. You know? oh, yeah. and, it's, and, it's, and, and you look at it and you get sad because you're like, it doesn't have to be this way. Like, we can all <laughs> add value. Like, and, and that makes sense. Basically, what you're saying, like in a business sense, is you've got a supply of incredible musicians who are known better in New York City than they are here, even though they live here. Mm. That's the supply of talent. And then you've got demand, people who would love to go to a show, but they just can't find it. Or if they want to find it, they, it, it takes too much work, too much friction to get there. So when you have supply and demand, we like to think, well, that's going to fix itself. But the reality is you have to have a market maker. Like there has to be a New York stock exchange to connect investors to companies that need money, right? Oh, yeah. And the same is true in any market. And I think that in Oklahoma City, we've had an incredible music scene, like I said. But we don't have a super big music economy compared to other music cities like, like maybe Nashville or something like that. We don't have big businesses that are really helping drive music forward because I, I think that there's just a lack of communication, a lack of media. Um, there are media sources that cover music, but I, I'm not sure that there's really a well-known, dedicated music media source. What I mean by that is, there's an edible OKC for food, but there's not an audible OKC for ah, music. Interesting. You know what I mean? And, and so we're trying to fill that role, or better yet, help the community fill that role and kind of serve as a platform for people to create create content, which is a cool creative thing in and of itself, like podcast, video, blog posts, writing, reviews, that kind of stuff, interviews. That stuff's all really interesting, and uh, I think it's stuff that people will be interested to learn about and, and dive into and be a part of. Absolutely. Well, Christian, thank you so much. This has been incredibly interesting, and I it feels good to know that I actually, you know, this is this actually has made a difference in my life already, just in the brief time that I've been aware of this, and just meeting you here today. So, I, I mean, I really love what you guys are doing. And, well, thank yeah. you. I'm so glad that you came out the other night to hear. It was Jared Lowry, right? Yeah, incredible. He's incredible. awesome. Yeah, he did this awesome fusion set at Saints, and it's great. He's an incredibly talented guitarist. Uh, yeah, um, I'm so glad that you're in the scene, and you're going to join Amplify, right? Absolutely. You got it. Awesome. You got it. <laughs> well, we look forward to hosting your podcast on OKSessions.com, so uh, we'll try to get a lot of people on it because you're an enthusiastic person who appreciates art, and we want you in the scene, too. So, uh, 
We'll do it, and together we'll bring more and more people in, huh? There you go. Thanks so much, man. It's been great talking to you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for your time.